It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. We're two days away from the Buffalo Bills. 1 p.m. on Sunday at Bills Stadium, and, and I'm going to leave this thing off with a pretty cool stat for Bills fans. Uh, the 12 combined wins between the two teams, each team has six wins, uh, is the most in a Bills matchup this early in the season since week nine of the 1975 seasons, season when the Bengals 7-1 and one, took on the Bills 5-3. and three. So a little tidbit for you guys. At the top of the show, this is our Seattle Seahawks versus Buffalo Bills preview edition of Shout, a Buffalo Bills football podcast. I am Matt Perino. He is Ryan Talbot. We are sponsored by Tops, your neighborhood store with more. Um, this is this feels like a big game, Ryan. This feels like, you know, there's been a couple this season, but, you know, with the two earlier, Tennessee and Kansas City, where I feel like they got we had this big buildup and then ultimately the disappointment. This one feels like a very big opportunity and almost feel has a different feel. It doesn't feel like it's the David versus Goliath as much as it maybe did in the Kansas City game. This seems like a, a game that's much more within reach for the Bills. Yeah, it, it seems like one that could potentially be a shootout, uh, but, but definitely within Buffalo's reach. And, and again, not making any excuses. The Bills lost those two games that they did this season to the Titans and to the Chiefs, but Things were thrown off for that team over that course of two weeks with, with the Titans pushing thing, the game around, uh, a lot of uncertainty there. The weather in that Chiefs game wasn't ideal, and they weren't quite as prepared for that game maybe. You know, the, the Bills have since been able to get into a little bit of a groove because their schedule has not changed. It's uh, they, They've got into some kind of – their practices have remained the same. They know when their games have been. They've been playing a little bit better. Uh, defensively, offense, you know, the run game got better this past week. So now you're getting into this game on Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, you look at that Seahawks team, and if you were to ask me which team in the NFC I think will make it out of there and go to the Super Bowl, I think that right now that's the team I would say. That's just the talent they have on offense with Russell Wilson, with DK Metcalf, with Tyler Lockett, uh, with Chris Carson when he's healthy, and the list goes on and on and on. So this is a big test for Buffalo, but They've been able to get into a routine. I think they're going to be a little bit more prepared for this game. I think they're going to come out uh, and be able to throw on on Seattle. And I think they're going to be able to run and build off of last week's performance as well. So it's definitely a game that I'm excited to see uh, how it unfolds. Because like you said, this is a big matchup for Buffalo. If you are watching live, as always, we thank you for that. Drop your questions or comments in, in the side and, and we'll try to work those on, uh, work those into the show as we, we move along here. Um, Let's start off with storylines, Ryan, because, you know, going into this one, I think, you know, there's a couple and I and I and I really like the one that you picked out. Um, but let's start with, you know, this, you know, what we led with this big game for not only, you know, Sean McDermott, who credit to John Scott, he he text. I don't know if he put a story out yet on it. And if he didn't, sorry, I'm stealing it. Uh, but shout out to you uh, for coming up with the stat 10 and 11. Sean McDermott is. Uh, in the course of his career as head coach of the Bills in a game 
where he's going up against a team that has a winning record on that day. So, you know, this is a big opportunity to make a statement, not only for Sean McDermott, but for Josh Allen. You know, you look at some of the big, big game quarter quarterback matchups over the years, winless against Tom Brady, um, lost to Patrick Mahomes, uh, a couple big matchups over, over the last couple of years, you know, he's been on the losing end of it. And this is a chance going up against Russell Wilson you know, it's not quarterback versus quarterback per se. I mean, I know they go up against the defense. I understand all of that, but this is the kind of game where, you know, you put all these pieces in place. And we're going to talk about a lot of those pieces. This to me is a game where you can make a statement. You you listen to some of the national shows and I know it's, you, you, you never want to take too much from some of the stuff like the Nick Wrights and the Colin Cowherds and um, even like some of the ESPN talking heads that I feel like you know, aren't paying as close attention as I think that they need to be to make the, you know, you just, you find little holes in the, in their arguments, but you know, what you can find a hole in is, you know, the stats have been much different over the last four games for Josh Allen than they were in the first four games. And so the best way to maybe muddy the waters of the haters arguments is to come out here against a bad Seattle pass defense and and light it up, air it out, go back to what we saw in those first four games. Yeah, and I'm going to copy what Spin just said here in the commentary. Nick Wright is a professional troll. That does seem like that is his occupation. He recently had Josh Allen in this category of barely hanging on to his job. Uh, clearly has not watched a single Bills game this year, but it, it's his job to provoke emotion, apparently, and that's what he does a, a pretty decent job of. And everybody remember, put ev- put all those guys in their in their right pockets. And like Nick Wright's a basketball guy. I, I want to know what his take is on basketball. You know, same thing with Stephen A. Smith. He's a basketball reporter at heart. So I don't really care what he thinks about MMA or or football. Shannon Sharp, I actually got into it, Ryan, a couple of years ago with Shannon Sharp. He started talking about the UFC, and I just tweeted directly at him, listen, man, stay in your lane. Don't talk about this stuff. You don't know what you're talking about. It's embarrassing. You know, he went. we had a back and forth. So to your point, yeah, definitely keep that in in their lane. Yeah, but but with Josh Allen, you're right. The numbers don't match up the first four games of the season where he was throwing all over every single team, uh, 300 or 400, 300, 300, 300, you know, yard games. And, and the Bills could just kind of, whatever they, they dialed up, it was working out. Well, defenses adjust, and that's what, that's what you expect in the NFL. And Allen struggled a little bit in the next two games, obviously, with the Titans and with the Chiefs. But to his credit, he's bounced back. Um, the stat lines have not necessarily been flashy, um, especially last week uh, against New England. But when you go back and you watch that game, he completed over 60% of his passes. Uh, Bill Belichick was trying to change looks up on him and, and try to confuse him. And Allen was passing every test with flying colors in, in terms of seeing, trusting what he saw out there on the field. So you're seeing those little adjustments. But, yeah, you you do want to see him come out and have one of those Huge games where he throws for 350, 400 yards, three touchdowns, four touchdowns, and and carries the Bills to a win like he was doing earlier this season. Absolutely, everyone wants to see that. But don't discredit those numbers either. Over 60% completion percentage, leading the Bills down the field. If I, I'm sure you can hear this uh, train in the background here. Oh, my goodness, it's driving me nuts. Sorry. I was about to say, Ryan Talbot coming to you yeah. from the uh, third know, down uh, Manhattan yeah. or something. Oh, my I'm telling you, don't buy a house near railroad tracks. This microphone picks up everything to be. I feel like I'm on the field for a third down bill stop here coming up. There I'm you getting go. Hyped up. I'm getting hyped it up here. If it's, uh, it it's. Anyways, stinking trains and only, and I'm telling you. Um, 
you know, but Josh Allen, he he's performing better than the numbers indicate. He's not necessarily throwing it all over the field, but they're running the ball well. He's running the ball well when he, he's calling his number. Uh, so, yeah, I want to see a huge game against a bad pass defense in Seattle. They are getting Jamal Adams back in this uh, this game. But this should be an opportunity for him to uh, throw the ball all over. Hopefully, John Brown, who, we, who we've seen practice a little bit more here the last few days, will be closer to 100% than he has been. Uh, it almost feels like he's been a, a decoy of sorts recently. Uh, and, and if that continues to be the case, I, I could see Allen's struggles in terms of throwing for those 300, 300 plus yard games, uh, him having some issues hitting those numbers. You know, speaking of, you know, getting Jamal Adams back, uh, that is a storyline that, you know, is worth talking about that the Seahawks are missing a few pieces. I mean, Chris Carson, you know, he won't play in this game and that's obviously a loss. I think they like DJ Dallas quite a bit. Uh, Russell Wilson spoke glowingly about him. So I'm not so sure if that's a huge deal, but you know, Shaquille Griffin, they're starting cornerback, uh, starting left guard, Mike Uapati. I mean, those are big misses and, and, and guys that aren't going to be really available on both sides of the ball. And this is a pass defense for the Seattle Seahawks that has struggled. So you got um, Jamal Adams coming back, which is good news, but he's coming off of a groin injury. So you wonder, you know, he, he participated in practice. He was a, a full go uh, on Friday. Um, he was still limited on Thursday. So you wonder how healthy he's going to be. On the flip side, speaking of injuries, and, and we'll just get into all those right now, Micah Hyde is a full goal. He's out of the concussion protocol. He will be back. And that's huge because one of the big things that we talked about last week and was being talked about within the community was, you know, that was a kind of game against a run focused team in the Patriots where it's, it's almost like you'd rather not be, have Hyde for that game as opposed to this game where, you know, the this Russell Wilson is going to tack down the field and having that, that veteran savvy, you know, all of those snaps over the course of his career, the experience, um, you know, and, and plus going back to his days in Green Bay, Micah Hyatt's played Russell Wilson before. He's he's familiar with how good of a player he is. And to Quentin Jefferson's point, we talked to him a couple days ago and, and he was asked, what's what's the biggest change for Russell Wilson? Why is it gone to the next level? And he's like, I don't really think it's gone to the next level. I just think more people are talking about it. This is still Russ being Russ. And he's just so spectacular to watch. I mean, you go and, and getting ready for this thing. I've, I've put on a couple uh, games from the Seattle Seahawks this, this year. And, you know, he's got weapons, but he's also like, he's so calm. Like, just, just think about like the three years that we've watched Josh Allen and the development there. And that, you know, that's, we cover this team. And so we've been able to watch that up close and personal. And the level that he's reached in year three in terms of his calmness level in the pocket then you go and watch a guy like Russell Wilson and it's, it's a completely different level. It's like seven to 10 levels up of just, you know, complete duress, the ability to maneuver in between, you know, uh, defensive bat or defensive ends and, and tackles flying at you. Uh, the bills, you know, for a defense that has struggled to generate pressure consistently, this is a huge test and a huge challenge on Sunday. Yeah, you, you nailed it. He's calm in the pocket. Uh, one of the most durable quarterbacks we've probably seen in the last decade. Um, despite his size, you know, that was the big knock on him coming out was the size. I don't think he's missed a pro game yet. He, he's so durable. He doesn't take shots, um, at least not shots where he's like running down the field and doesn't know when to get down, that is. I, obviously, every quarterback takes shots when they get sacked at times, but like you said, he's just so calm and cool in the pocket. He waits for plays to develop. If they don't develop it in that time frame, he can sidestep the pressure, stay in the pocket. Uh, he, he's a phenomenal quarterback. He is an MVP candidate, no doubt about it. 
Uh, but at the same time, like you said, Josh Allen has made significant strides from year one to year three. Is it at Russell Wilson's level? No. But think about year one, Josh Allen. The first sign of pressure, what did he do? He took off. He was gone. I'm running with this ball. Uh, I'm going to see what I can get. I've seen him so many times this season with, with someone getting closing in on him. Step back, step up, step to the side, elude that pressure, and wait for those plays to develop. So, you know, every quarterback uh, kind of goes at their own pace. And while Allen has progressed significantly, yeah, there, there's few like Russ. So Russ is Russell Wilson is going to be a huge test. These wide receivers are going to be a huge test. Uh, so it's going to be up to the Bills' defense to show that they really are making those strides that we've seen some signs of life out of them in these last few weeks. Um. Just uh, I'm interacting with some commenters here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight on your Friday night, making us a part of uh, your early kickoff to the weekend. Uh, big game on Sunday. It's got that big game feel. I mean, the last couple and really, Ryan, the 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 next, you know, however many are going to until we get into, you know, those last two games of the season that could be kind of, uh, you know, depending on how things go. I'm a little bit up in the air on Tua. To, you know, I, I, I've been kind of reading some of the stuff that's been coming out of Miami this week and you know Devonte parker saying all the right things but this is a this is a big test this week i mean arizona i watched this team play seattle and go blow for blow with them i mean their defense is spectacular but they're very opportunistic they they take the ball away a little bit and and for a rookie quarterback in his second start that could be definitely something to watch in that game but i, I don't want to go too long tonight i want this to be a very abbreviated um uh, preview show just to give you guys a little bit I think we've covered this, you know, pretty in depth this week. But let's get into your storyline because I think it's a good one uh, to generate some conversation. How will the how will the Bills' defense approach game plan wise this Seattle potent offense, number three ranked passing offense in the league, number one ranked scoring offense in the league? I mean, they have weapons everywhere you look, and the more you watch them and and just see the things that DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett can do, they complement each other so well because. They're two different styles, two different flavors of wide receiver. I almost think in a lot of ways, not that anybody's like DK Metcalf because he's an absolute freak, let's be honest. But like, you know, what the Bills do with Stephon Diggs and John Brown, it's similar. I mean, I, I like that kind of comparison for what they mean and what they do in the offense. But the Bills had some success, I guess you would call it, in you know limiting Patrick Mahomes' impact on the game a few weeks ago. They ran the ball all over uh, the Bills. Do you think that kind of approach in this game would work similarly? Yeah, don't cringe, Bills fans, but I really do think this could be something that the Bills try to implement. Now, obviously, they, they want to stop the run with more success, but I, I think their number one priority in this game should be take away the deep plays, the deep ball. Russ throws a beautiful deep ball. Uh, DK Metcalf, you know, even though he has drawn a very tough assignment this week, he can, he can hurt you from all over the field. Tyler Lockett can hurt you from all over the field. Uh, they still have a guy like, you know, not in the same tier by any means, but David Moore's of the world. And they have some other quality players on that offense that can hurt you. you know in who the else they got, game. Ryan? Who's you know that? Who, they got, who we talked about and we, we both circled in big black Sharpie as a free agent target when he was released by the Carolina Panthers. And that's, you know, Greg Olson. That's I mean, true. He's been making plays. I don't have his stats up in front of me, but I was watching just last week against San Francisco, just making you know gorgeous plays. That one catch in the Arizona game where he caught in the back of the end zone. I think the Bills are, you know, I've, I've liked what Tyler Croft has brought to this offense. Don't get me wrong. But I think adding a guy like Greg Olson with that, that kind of bona fide playmaking ability, I think that that's helped the Seattle offense this year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The more weapons you have, the better. But 
I just think that the Bills should go into this and say, we're not going to let them beat us with those huge chunk plays. If they can dink and dunk on us, fine. If they can run on us, okay, we can live with that. As ugly as that Chiefs game was, the Bills were within one score late in the fourth quarter. They were half a second away from a, a big Justin Zimmer strip sat, or I'm sorry, a fumble, I should say, on uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and, and getting the ball back with a chance to win. Now, obviously, I can't sit here and say that the game plan would go exactly the same, but I'd like to think that the Bills would be able to have more success on offense. While they're supposed to be beautiful in this matchup on Sunday, high 60s, um, not you know torrential rain, uh, wind blowing sideways like it was in that Chiefs game. So there's a lot of other factors I think could work in Buffalo's favor. So yeah, dare them to run almost and say, listen, we're not going to let you beat us deep, but if you can beat us in the run game and yeah, in a way, control the clock, so be it. But we don't want to let Russell Wilson beat us. We want one of your running backs to beat us, and we want to be able to stay in this game because I think the Bills have the ability to get into these shootout-type matchups. But at the same time, go into these games and be smart. What's our best strategy to get a win at the end of the game? I want to see them kind of employ what they did in that Miami game and that Rams game where they came out looking to throw. I, I think the run game could be there in this game. And, and there's a, there's a chance that, you know, they can develop and, and kind of curate a balanced attack. But I think you want to come out and try to hit them early because what we've learned from the Seattle offense is you're, even if you're able to contain them for a drive or two, you're not going to hold them down for very long. I mean, against Arizona a couple of weeks ago, they had 28 points and a half. And I felt like the defense kind of figured them out a little bit. They only score one more time in the second half in overtime. But I think that the Bills want to get back to, you know, that kind of mojo that they had early in the season and see if maybe the defense can step up in this game and maybe have a better effort than those games. But It'll be interesting to watch. There's a lot of different things that are going to happen all over the field in this game on both sides of the ball that are super interesting. We'll get to a couple of them, but first, let's get a little break in here. Uh, pay the bills. Ready for football? Tops with ready-to-serve fan favorites everyone will cheer for. Delicious family or party packs like pizza, sliders, fried chicken, barbecue, or beef on whack. Starting at only $4 per serving. Perfect for game day and any day. Only at Tops. All right, let's get into some of these matchups that, we, that we've that uh, we circled uh, on our depth charts here as we're going into this matchup. There's a couple fun ones. Why don't you lead us off, Ryan? You, you have a good one. Yeah, listen, I know I just said dare them to run on us, but there is a weapon on that offense named DK Metcalf. Absolute freak of nature, size, speed, athleticism. Uh, I hope that anyone, not that anyone here in this in this room that I'm addressing, but I hope that people don't put too much stock now into the NFL combine, into the, the cone drills and things like that. After watching a guy like DK Metcalf and what he can do on and off the, on, uh, well, on the field more than anything else, but DK Metcalf against Tredavious White, that right there to me, that's your main event matchup for the week. Uh, your number one corner, a, a guy that you have paid to be an elite lockdown player against one of the most promising young wide receivers in the NFL. Now, Will the Bill? Uh, I'm sorry. Will the Seahawks move Metcalf around a little bit to try to get him off of White at times? I'm sure they will. It's not going to be one on one the entire game by any means or stretch of the imagination. But when they are lined up, I'm really intrigued to see how this matchup pans out. Some interesting stuff today, um, and I think one person that you know we've been talking about his absence and how apparent it's been. 
based on what we talked about in the offseason. That's Saran Neal. This is another matchup where I think maybe you can work him in because of his size, his speed, his physicality. Maybe you want to make him dance a little bit with, with DK Metcalf just to change it up, just to offer different looks. I, I was interested to see Jordan Poyer when we kind of started peppering him with different questions about this matchup, he did mix in that he thinks that the best way to approach a matchup against the Seattle offense is to mix things up as much as you can. Throw some zone looks, throw some different blitzes, throw some di just different looks at them because while Russell Wilson has seen it all in this league and he's so good at adjusting even in play, that's that's kind of what where they feel like that's going to be their best play against them. Now, Interesting this week, Darren Lee was added to the mix. Sean McDermott was asked about that this morning uh, on WGR 550, and he said, will he be activated? Because um, Matt Milano has already been ruled out for this game. We know what's going on with A.J. Klein. I put up a story today. You know, Sean McDermott is sticking to the process. He is he is uh, still uh, pretty bullish on A.J. Klein, uh, or at least that's what he's um, communicating. So we'll see if that continues. Um, I think it's four o'clock PM is the deadline to activate Delshawn Phillips. They want to get him involved, but the fact that they didn't rule out Lee for this game makes me think that they might want to get him involved at least on a limited basis, maybe in a, in a timeshare with Klein because of his speed, athleticism, ability and coverage. And he, I think just going back and I know pro, pro football focus is pro football focus. We've talked plenty about that, but I do like them as a, just a basic tool for, gauging where guys are in terms of, you know, because I think just at the plane, just watching a game, then just to, from the naked eye perspective, you can see the guys out there that are tackling better, that are doing like, you know, the basic fundamental things better. And in tackling in 2018, 2019, Darren Lee had a better uh, tackling grade than Matt Milano. So I, I think that that's interesting. And maybe he can uh, at least provide a spark and help out even Tremaine Edmonds too. Yeah, I, I would be. I wouldn't be surprised if he's called up and activated for this matchup. And I don't think he's necessarily out there in the first series of the game. But if AJ Klein struggles, which we have definitely seen this season, uh, half a step late, one step late, missing a tackle here and there, then throw him out there. Can it be any worse? I know he doesn't have the knowledge of the playbooks. I, uh, I, I know it could lead to a blown call here or there. But in, in terms of making a play. The athleticism definitely points in the favor of Lee being able to pull it off more than Klein at this point in his career. Uh, you mentioned the tackling. Sean McDermott has always said that how important tackling is for this defense. So, yeah, it, it's been a while since Lee has, has played in, in a live-action game, but get him out there. See what he can do. Uh, I really do think that this could be, in a way, A.J. Klein's last stand, so to speak. Uh, because there's a lot of eyes on him now. The media has definitely pointed out his play. The fans are not fools. They've seen his struggles out there first and foremost. So if this continues, I don't think that Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier are going to have any other choice but to have him sit on the bench and let someone else play. Um, Let's move to my, my matchup to watch in this game. And it, to me, it is almost – it's the key to – to finding the path of victory for the bills, because this is to me, the first true matchup this year against a defense that has the kind of blitzing weapon that Bobby Wagner is that we've seen in the past. Some teams really throw a wrench into Josh Allen's uh, operation out there. I mean, you go back to Baltimore, Matthew Judon, uh, who really made things difficult on him. You look at, you know, TJ Watt, obviously with, 
edge rusher, a more traditional pass rusher. But when you have a real weapon to throw at him, he struggled over the course of his career. I don't feel like he's really faced that. Now, part of that has been the, the the way that they've been throwing the ball and the fact that I don't I don't think you want to blitz him as much as you have in the past. But what I saw in the Arizona game was, you know, uh, or the San Francisco game this last weekend was Bobby Wagner just absolutely blowing up the line of scrimmage. I mean, there was one block where he just just <laughs> Just unbelievably broke through the barricade of two offensive linemen. I mean, this is a inside linebacker. I mean, this is a powerful veteran guy. And to me, the matchup is all eyes on that interior offensive line for the Bills. John Feliciano, we are expecting to be the center. And then it's going to be some combination. Cody Ford was a full participant in practice today. I saw him at left guard during the week as they were working. He was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. I think that the play is probably putting him back there at left guard. But that's a tough situation, Ryan. You're getting him off of that injury, and and that's I feel like that's the side where Bobby Wagner does a lot of his damage. I mean, he he comes at you from all over the formation, but inside, looking at a guy that you know he's wearing a big knee brace all, all week. Uh, obviously, that he's been dealing with that. I, I think he wore a knee brace for a big chunk of last year, so that might be a recurring thing. I, I don't know. Um, and, and then on the other side, Brian Winters, who I know Bills fans have not been thrilled with his level of play. That could be a real mismatch. And then it's going to be about the matchup is Bobby Wagner versus Josh Allen. And can Josh Allen neutralize or mitigate the impact of a guy like Bobby Wagner and, and whoever else is out there? Jamal Adams is back. I mean, he is he's traditionally been a really good blitz uh, weapon that you know Greg Williams obviously used in New York. But that could be part of the play as well, too. I, I think Josh Allen is going to have to face with that. You know, I think he'll maybe face more cover zero blitzes in this game than he has all season. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. Bobby Wagner is a special player on defense. Jamal Adams, we know how good he can be rushing the passer. Uh, I'm sure they're going to dr- dial up a few plays for him to get that opportunity. Josh Allen has to be great on Sunday. And if he is, he's going to quiet a lot of the critics because this is going to be a, a team that has those playmakers that are going to be coming <laughs> at him all day long. So it's up to Allen to make the right reads. And, and you know, how do you neutralize a Bobby Wagner? Do you do you run in his direction? Do you throw where he's coming from, where you know he's going to probably be blitzing or, or coming at you? Who knows? I'm sure the Bills have, have put a lot of time and effort into figuring that out this week because you want to neutralize him. You want to make him second guess what he's doing. You want to hurt the Seahawks and make some big plays. Uh, but, I mean, looking at this offensive line, I think you said it well. Feliciano's playing at center. So you're either going to have Cody Ford at left guard or you're going to have Ike Butker. Now, Butker is coming off of, according to Pro Football Focus, the the best game of his career. He had it over a 90 grade. He was excellent in that matchup last week. Do not get me wrong. But, you know, having him drop that assignment, having to try to slow down Bobby Wagner, good luck. Um, I I don't care if it's Ford with the knee brace, Butker with with the inexperience. Uh, Obviously, we talked about Winters on the other side. This offensive line is going to have to put together their best game of the season, and that's a lot easier said than done when you have that kind of player, caliber player coming at you. So those are the matchups that, you know, we're really zeroed in on. One of the comments earlier um, I saw in the chat was about Dane Jackson and why, you know, he came in, had a really nice uh, first game, had the interception, and they went away from him. I do think that there's a strong belief in Levi Wallace and the stability that he brings there. Um but if he struggles and I thought 
you know, the all 22 uh, folks out there uh, seem to have written a little bit about Levi's struggles in his game, in his first game back. And part of me expects that, I mean, coming off an ankle injury, I feel like it's going to be a few weeks probably before he's up to, you know, a hundred percent, but this is a game where you have to make, to me, you have to be really um, reactive in a game like this. When something's not working, I think you have to immediately make adjustments. It can't just be about halftime. It's got to be drive to drive because this is a team that I feel like when the dam breaks, I mean, you're going to drown against a team like the Seattle Seahawks with this kind of offense. And so if you're Sean McDermott, if you're Leslie Frazier, I think everybody, you have to be on high alert with everybody and make sure that you are getting, talk about competition and everything is earned. Well, you got to earn the next series in this game because any type of, uh, you know, ebb or flow in this game could, could, could lead either team to maybe a, a one-sided affair. Yeah, and that goes back to what you said maybe about getting Saran Neal out there. He has that experience. He could be that X factor on defense. It's a series-by-series league. We, I mean, we saw it on the offensive side of the ball last week where you had Bates out there for a little bit, then you move Feliciano over. You just never know what you're going to see on a series-by-series basis. Uh, Dane Jackson, as good as he was, he wasn't really attacked much in that game. We didn't really get to see what he would do if the bullets were flying out. He came up with a big interception. But that was also kind of a gift where uh, he peeled off. He saw where he he followed Darnold's eyes. He saw where the ball was going, and he made the play. Kudos to him for doing so. But we also didn't get that extended look. The coaching staff probably really watched the film, and, and they're the ones that sit there and say, okay, did he do everything he was supposed to in his assignment on a play-by-play basis? So as good as we think he was, which you know he was, don't get me wrong, the coaching staff probably knows just how comfortable they are having him out there series by series or for extended looks. Did you know that Russell Wilson uh, at the senior bowl, his coach was Leslie Frazier? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. He talked talked a little bit about that. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's pretty cool. So he said, uh, uh, they really connected there. He's got a lot of respect for him, but I just thought that was a cool little nugget. Uh, he's obviously gone up against Sean McDermott quite a bit, uh, from the, from his Carolina days. So he's very familiar with how tough, uh, a test uh, Sean McDermott defenses. I thought that that was interesting. Um, here's a quote from DK Metcalf that I wanted to get in. And there's a couple things that I wrote down as I was getting ready for my preview yesterday. Um, but he said, oh, where is it here? Teams really have to pick their poison against us because if they're going to try and take away me, then Tyler can pop off for 200 yards or David Moore can pop off for hundred yards. It just really comes down to who do you want to get defeated by that game? And I got to thinking, like reading or listening to that, and this is an offense that is uber confident, that is that everything's rolling. They have so many different answers to, to, to things that you throw at them. And the way that Russell Wilson, I mentioned at the top of the show, was talking about DJ Dallas and the confidence that they have in him as well. This is, you know, the Bills have to really bring it this week. And, you know, somebody mentioned it in, in the comments as well, like Russell Wilson's ability to break contain when teams are pass rushing them with just four. That's been a problem for the Bills this year. And, you know, who's going to be active in this game? Vernon Butler uh, is coming off of the groin. He practiced in full on Friday. He's probably going to be back in the mix, which is a good news. I think from the interior outside of Ed Oliver, he might be able to help you get the best push. So that helps. But then guys on the outside, Trent Murphy, Jerry Hughes, they have to be so disciplined against Russell Wilson because once he gets out, not only once he gets out in terms of evading and throwing, 
he's running this year too. He broke off two 20 yard runs in that Seattle or in that Seattle versus Arizona game. So, so much to watch here. Yeah, you're right. Pick your poison. And I think a lot of Bills fans look at DK Metcalf as the one that got away uh, in the draft itself. Um, there's a lot of, obviously there's a lot of hype about him being Buffalo's first round pick based on the interest that they show, uh, had shown in him. There was some, I think it was just an Instagram story where Metcalf, uh, well after his pre-draft visit to the Bills, was wearing a Bills shirt in this video clip. So like a lot of Bills fans, like a week before the draft, were like, yeah, this is going to be our guy. It never panned out like that. And they had their opportunities. And now you watch him play and you're like, boy, what could have been with this offense? So, um, like you said, it, it, it's just such a tough matchup for this Bills defense. We have not seen the 2019 defense show up yet this year in terms of a complete game. We've seen flashes. We saw in the second half of the Jets game how good they could play, but we haven't seen that type of performance overall from quarter, you know, the first play of the first quarter to the last play of the fourth quarter. So if it's ever going to happen, boy, this would be the week to do it. Jeff Zell on uh, on Periscope on Twitter says that McDermott's defense in Seattle Carolina playoff game in 2016 shut Russell Wilson out in the first half will be interesting. You know, I still think that there's that ability, and I know that there's there's issues at all three levels, but the key against Russell Wilson, too, is taking possessions away from him, forcing turnovers. I know that that's the key every week, and that makes defenses so much better, but that's something that's really, for the most part this year, when the defense has gotten going, that's what's really fueled it, has been taking the ball away. And so if they, this is a game where they need guys like Jordan Poyer, who's been playing at a really high level, by the way. Shout out to Jordan Poyer. That's one guy that I feel like there there hasn't been – up and downs to his season. That's he's been at about here all year long. I think he's playing at a really high level, but they need Tredavious white to really step up no matter who he's covering. Because honestly, if he ends up on DK Metcalf, he ends up on Lockett for a play that I don't think that Russell Wilson is ever going to, you know, specifically shy away from his side of the field because they're just humming right now. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, I want to bring up this quote before we move on to our players to watch. Um, and you know, we're already, we could talk about this stuff all day. Right. Yeah. Um, Quote from Pete Carroll that I thought was really good too. And I want to bring it up in, in, in contrast to what a lot of, you know, the national folks are saying about Josh Allen. I still believe that the inside the league view of Josh Allen is much higher than that of the pundits, if you will. And, and this is, a, I think Bill's fans will like this. They're really creative as an offense and they do a nice job with the stuff they do, but I really think it comes back to the quarterback. He just does a great job of make, making things happen for second shots in the passing game, taking off and running. He's a low to tackle and get down hard to sack. He's really the show. When you watch him play, you're going to see the quarterback. He's got a knack about going for it in difficult situations. He likes to go physical and run the ball tough. I think the combination of the throwing game and the good receivers they have scheme-wise and all of that, it makes when you have guys that can make first downs with his legs, it makes things really hard. And I so I think that – Teams, that's a good sign if you're a Bills fan. When was the last time teams had to specifically game plan for the quarterback? You know, and I think you always do in, in a general sense, like, you know, study what they do, you know. But I think that there's an element of fear when you're going up against a guy like Josh that he's so dynamic. To your earlier point, I think this is a game where if you're a fan, all you really want to see is Josh put it together for 60 minutes, attack with his arm, attack with his legs, and see where that gets you. Yeah. At the end of the day, you have to ride with Josh Allen. He is your best chance of winning on a week by week uh, basis. And, and you know, that that can be a roller coaster at times. It can lead to some 
crazy plays, but that's the gunslinger mentality. That's the hero ball. And he's definitely toned that down in, in both areas significantly, but you still see that from time to time. And this is one of those games where you might have to see that. He might feel like he has to carry that load because he's going against a legitimate NFL MVP candidate right now in Russell Wilson and that Seattle Seahawks offense. So it might be a game either let's get ahead early uh, and, and try to really bury them or let's just try to keep up with them. And it's a lot easier said than done. So the, the offense needs to be humming, just like we've seen Seattle's offense humming in recent weeks. And then on defense, like you said, you need a turnover here and there. Uh, it feels like every week there's one or two inaccurate balls by the opposing quarterback or there's a tip ball somewhere. And it, it, the, the balls just haven't broken for Buffalo this year in terms of there being a defender right there to intercept the pass and run the other way with it, where you watch two other games on Sunday and it happens at least once for each team, it feels like. So maybe this is the week where someone gets a hand up and it deflects a pass or a receiver can't uh, catch the ball cleanly and it bounces up. That's what this game comes down to. It's, it's a series of, of lucky bounces here and there. So uh, the, the Bills probably need to force a turnover or two on defense. Josh Allen needs to look like and play like the Josh Allen of weeks one through four. And if that all happens, they can definitely win this game. All right, let's get into prediction time here, Ryan. Um, you go first. Yeah, I, I think that the Bills hang with with Seattle, but at the end of the day, I'm going with this the team that uh, before the season I picked to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Uh, I have it Seahawks 31, Bills 24. All right, I'm going to go. I'm picking the Seahawks 34-31 to beat the Bills, but I really do like this matchup for Buffalo. I do think that this is going to be a close game. I think that it's a winnable game, and I think this is, you know, honestly, if I would have seen a little bit more from Josh in the last four weeks, I probably would have picked the Bills. But uh, somebody asked in the comments about Dawson Knox. He is questionable. Uh, he has returned off the COVID list. He practiced today. He was limited. Uh, he obviously tweeted uh, coming off the quarantine list and had the the uh, uh, shining gift, so that was pretty funny. But he's another guy to watch in this game that I think – could help Josh Allen if he's able to get out there, make some plays, get physical, get the ball in his hands. That's the one thing that I really think that I'd like to see Brian Dable do is devise a few ways to get Dawson Knox some uh, some easy, free confidence. Get the ball in his hands at the line of scrimmage any way you can. Run a reverse for him. It doesn't matter. Just let him get make a play and see if that maybe uncorks him a little bit. I, I know a big chunk of Bill's mafia has been very unhappy with his inability to catch the ball, his inconsistency. He hasn't really made an impact this year, but I think for a young player like that, it's a, it's a, it's a very mental game. And if you could just get him a few reps where things go well, that might be the key to unlocking him. Yeah. I, I love that. And the, you know, the reverse you're reading in my mind, use him like the giants use Ingram sometimes where they get him the ball out of the backfield let him use his athleticism. Uh, we were talking about ways to neutralize Bobby Wagner, and another way would be using the screen pass. Get him a tight end screen. If he can get the ball in his hands and run with it, I think he can do some damage after the catch. So utilize him those little ways. Like you said, if you can get him going, I really do think that that will help him uh, build that confidence over the course of a game. All right. Putting a couple uh, score predictions up here on the screen. Uh, 35-38, Bills win with a Tyler Bass game-winning field goal from Bills guys. Uh, Daniel uh, picking 31-27 uh, for the Bills. And then Seahawks 23-10 uh, from Lennon. A uh, lot of uh, interesting picks. I, I think that 
in the at the end of the day, you want to come out of this, you know, with a win, no doubt about it. If you're a Bills fan, and you know everybody at One Bills Drive, you know they want this big win. I know that they like to talk them down each week, and, and it's the biggest game because it's the next game. But this is a big game. You want to win, but I just want to see them come out and really compete in this game because I think you left that Kansas City game and that Tennessee game like you you left something in the stadium like that the game wasn't as competitive as maybe it could have been and I think if you do that even if you lose this game because I, I said too going into this three game stretch before the bye if they can win two of the three games it's a victory you go into the bye at seven and three I think that you're in a really good spot even still you know who knows what's going to happen with Miami over the next couple of weeks with Tua uh, starting a quarterback so I think you want to come in here and just, you know, do your best to, to be competitive in this game. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I'm at that point now where I'm like, no more moral victories. Oh, they hung with them. They, they ended up losing by three. They ended up losing by seven at this point in the McDermott regime. You, you need to see that big win at this point. But at the same time, like I said, I think the Seahawks are the favorite right now to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, in my opinion. So if you can hang with them, uh, you, you do feel good about it at the end of the day, but you know, you, you're not in this for moral victories. The bills can come out here and really put a stamp on, on this team and say, we are a contender, not a pretender, despite that record. A lot of people still think more pretender than contender. So win this game, quiet the critics. And then, like you said, worst case scenario, you go into your buy at seven and three, you're, you're kind of sitting pretty, uh, in the home stretch of your season. And that's if you beat Arizona, which is a big if. And I also want to clarify not a moral victory because you're not going to come out of this game with a loss. And and I, I, I told, I've said at the beginning of the year too, that that time of this regime is over, like the excuses and all that kind of stuff. The expectation is to win. You're at home. I know Seattle's a good team, so you want to win. But I'm just saying, if you are going to lose in this game, make sure that you go out on your sword and, and make sure that you, you, you actually look like you belong in a game with a, with an elite team, because, you know, that we, we started off the episode with the stat. I mean, this is, you know, the best things have been since 1975 at this stage of the season in terms of matching up with another team uh, that, that's also really that good. So just prove it and we'll see if they can. He's Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. This was a fun little Friday night quick pod. Uh, went a little bit longer than I thought. We're, we're not, we're very long winded at times. Make sure you find Shout a Buffalo Football Podcast on all the audio platforms. I know I say it every every week, and it's uh, I'm very repetitive, but it really helps us out if you could scr- subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you get them. Uh, give us a rating and review if you're feeling uh, generous, and we will be back on Sunday, 7.30. Don't miss it. Our post-game wrap-up edition of the Shout Pod. Uh, we're looking forward to it. We will see you then. In the meantime, keep it logged on Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com all weekend for all your Bills coverage. Have a great weekend, everyone. Ready for football? With every game a home game, Chops is ready for you with its TV a day giveaway. For six weeks, every day you shop is a new chance to win a massive 70-inch 4K TV. Shop Tops for the best deals in town, in-store or online.